Hello everybody, welcome to another episode of Bat Banter, Season 2, Episode 54. It's the WA Domestic Sports Weekly Wrap, and by God, we're getting into a lot of our summer sports are very, very close to starting their seasons. Uh, so before we dive in uh, very, very deep, uh, let's make sure that if you haven't already, do not forget to like, subscribe, leave a rating, and leave a review on your favorite podcasting platform, be it Apple Podcasts or Spotify. You can like us on Facebook, and you can follow us on Instagram. And also, just quickly, uh, of course, because uh, Bat Band has two podcasts that normally uh, drop once a week, uh, even though the AFL season has concluded, almost the busiest time of the year is just about to begin. So we will still be doing an AFL podcast, but it will be all about the listings, re-signings, and all the trade speculation, and eventually when trades start to happen. So don't forget to keep in tune uh, every Thursday evening or Friday morning uh, for when that officially drops. But without further ado, let's uh, get on to the WA Domestic Sports Weekly Wrap. I'm going to start off with all things AFLW, and because it was a derby only recently, uh, just just last Thursday actually it was, uh, we're going to get straight into both Fremantle and West Coast Eagles. Go ball up. Rue in the ruck in the forward line. And a hooker take it to grounds. Franklin, another chance just to hook it back around the body. And against the tide, Fremantle breakthrough for their first. Up nice and strong and took the mark. Some height down there. Lacay, it spills out the back and a chance for Bartlett to run into the open goal and open the account for the Eagles in the derby. Okay, so back to the uh, the Queen's public holiday. Uh, well, the, the morning of the Queen uh, last Thursday, and uh, it was a really, really tight affair, a low-scoring affair, as unfortunately it still normally is. Uh, but Fremantle, they got the first win of the season. They got the chocolates. Uh, they defeated West Coast 3-8-26 to 3-5-23. So at halftime, West, uh, West Coast actually had nine more inside 50s. They also had nine more clearances, but only a 25% inside 50 efficiency and because of that, they only had a three-point lead. Fremantle did, however, own the pressure game. Uh, they had 28 more tackles, uh, which were mainly around the ground. And it was seven scoring shots to one in the second half to Fremantle. So they certainly should have been... Well, Fremantle actually should have been up. Um, but uh, they just didn't make the most of their opportunities. Uh, and at halftime, also, Kiara Bauer, she had 11 tackles. Just in the first half alone... Uh, of course, Miller, uh, their captain, uh, she had 14 disposals, 4 tackles and 4 clearances, whilst it was Emma Swanson who had 12 disposals at 5 clearances, going to the first break, the first main break. Uh, at full time, however, the stats reflected a battle of inside 50 efficiency. West Coast were at 21%, so they actually went down, uh, whereas Fremantle were at 37%. Uh, and that just gave them a slight win in addition to having 44 more tackles, 15 more tackles inside 50 and one of the few wins for West Coast came in uh, winning the clearances by three and the stoppage clearances by five. Anya Tyre was supremely important. Uh, she kicked two goals, uh, whilst Hayley Miller's 25 disposals, six tackles and eight clearances earned her best on ground, uh, and she got the medal for that. But you'd have to think that if West Coast got the win, it probably would, have going, it probably would be going to Bella Lewis because she collected 25 disposals, one goal, six marks and four tackles. Whilst you simply cannot, uh, you, you can't afford to not acknowledge Kiara Bowers, she had 17 disposals and got 18 tackles. Just insane. She got the double-double from a football perspective, I reckon. 
uh, Fremantle. They next play Melbourne uh, on Sunday at 1.10pm at Fremantle Oval, whilst West Coast go back on the road to take on Hawthorne on Friday at 4.10pm. And just lastly, from a West Coast perspective, Ruck Sarah Lackey earned a NAB Rising Star nomination in Round 5 for having 42 hitouts. And she's the only, sorry, she is only the second player in the AFLW to reach 40 or more hitouts. So well done to you, Sarah. Good job there. So well done for Fremantle. Got the win off their back, the monkey off their back. Um, hopefully they can uh, you know start building into the season. Uh, you know, uh, certainly one that got away. Uh, from West Coast, um, they had their chances. Um, I watched most of this game, and uh, the, there were plenty of opportunities for them, but they just could not make it account. And that, that of course, comes down to a 21% inside 50 efficiency. So ju- just not good enough. Um, and the tackle, tackling pressure, to their credit, from Fremantle was just exceptional. So they really just uh, worked really hard on them all day. Um, so, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see if both teams can bounce back and see if we can have a WA flavour that um, you know, starts to make a bit of a presence uh, in the finals you know, as we sort of get to that point. And, of course, we're still pretty early on in the season, and the season does go um, to the end of November. So we've still got a lot of football to play. But for now, from an AFLW perspective for both teams, we're out, and let's now move on to the Perth Wildcats. Listen to the hiss, listen to the growl. Perth Wildcats are on the prowl. Can you feel the heat? Listen to their feet. Tearing up the cock and building up the heat. Here we come. Oh no. Here we come. Oh no. Here we come. Yeah, Perth Wildcats are on the prowl. Yes, they are on the prowl indeed. Well, they were for two out of three. And they say the two out of three ain't bad. But before we get to the NBL Blitz, which is what we're alluding to there, uh, their leadership team was actually announced with Jesse Wagstaff going around again as captain of the team. Uh, so agree or disagree, leave your comments in the post uh, about that kind of decision. Uh, and he will be doing that alongside Mitch Norton as vice-captain and Bryce Cotton and Kyle Zunick as new inclusions in the leadership group. Uh, the group was decided not by the players, but by head coach John Reilly and GM of basketball operations Danny Mills. All right, on to the NBL Blitz, which was uh, all played in Darwin. So these were their official preseason games. Uh, they played some practice matches against Adelaide two weeks ago, one in Eton. Uh, one in Joondal up that they both won. Uh, but uh, these were games against a wide variety of NBL opposition. Uh, but as I said, they were all in the one spot. So let's get off with their first game. Uh, and that was up against Cairns last Saturday. So not the Saturday gone, the one before that. And boy, did they make a statement. They won 98 to 80. Uh, they were only, only actually up by three going into the final term. But they stormed home to win 29 to 14 uh, with a key stat conceding 13 less turnovers and creating 32 points from turnovers for. And, of course, bench points certainly helps too. They had 36 to 18 there. Uh, Bryce Cotton alone, he had 36 points himself, 21 of them in the first half, four assists and seven three-pointers. Whilst Luke Travers was, again, handy everywhere, he had 16 points, seven rebounds and four steals. Uh, In their second game, Mitch Norton firstly was a late out with a groin injury, but it's not something too serious. Um, and they did, however, collect another scalp. They beat Southeast Melbourne, uh, the Phoenix, 87-71. to 71. They won all four quarters by 5, 3, 5, and 3. Uh, the key stat was they had eight more rebounds, and they also hit nine more three-pointers, despite um, 
having 16 more attempts, of course, that certainly helps. Corey Webster had 16 points on 6-12 shooting, whilst Carl Zunick uh, added 15 points, and he was 3 of 6 from 3-point land in the absence of Mitch Norton. And their last outing was against Melbourne United, where at halftime they were down by 18 points, shooting at 13 of 34 at 38%, up against Melbourne United's 20 of 37 at 54%. They were 2 of 10 from 3-point land, just terrible. And in the end, the key stat was fast break points, 14 to 5, alongside a 37% up against a 52% field goal percentage, and a 23% from three-point land. So it just did not get any better for the Wildcats. This was a miserable game for them. But uh, thankfully, it's only preseason. So you have to say the same thing about their wins. It's only preseason. Um, and then hopefully, it's the same for their losses. Not too bad. They end up losing 63-90. to 90. And whilst they're fatigued, of course, being the third game in five days, it was just a poor start that they just never recovered from. Uh, the lead blew out to 21 nearing half time and 26 close to three quarter time. And Bryce Cotton was actually kept scoreless in the first half and he was only held to three field goal attempts and I think only eight points for the uh, the evening. So yeah, it was a bit of a dirty day, uh, dirty night, I guess, that third game. But, uh, you know, they got some positives. They're getting some, uh, you know, I guess there's always going to be growing pains. It was good in the second game to see Corey Webster hit some points. Uh, and, of course, Tashawn Thomas uh, finally made his, um, you know, comeback uh, after that ankle injury in the first game against Adelaide. So he looked uh, positive. He had 10 to 12 points in, in I think, 10 to 15 minutes of play. So he certainly wasn't played a lot, but um, he had an impact. Um, so, yeah, I think that there are some positives that they would have taken out of the blitz for sure. Uh, you know, you, you don't want to be losing by, you know, 27 points in any game, whether it's preseason practice or, you know, the real deal. But uh, I think that they're, they're still sitting in a good spot. Um, they're, they're really deep uh, in regards to, you know, their depth on the bench. And that showed in the first game, uh, having having 36 points from your bench, which is, you know, massive. Um, so, yeah, as I said, I think they're in a good spot. Um, they're sort of ready to go. As of uh, today, when we're recording on, on Monday, um, we're, we're about, oh, sorry, Tuesday, should I say. My goodness me, that public holiday's really thrown out my radar. Um, they're, they're five days out from their first game, which is going to be on Sunday. Um, so, yeah, that, that's going to be a massive first game and really excited to uh, to, of course, see them on the court uh, with John really, with hopefully close to a full strength team with, with not too many injuries. And yeah, I'm intrigued to see how John really coaches, what the structure looks like uh, in a proper competitive 40 minute, 40 minute game with points on the line. But we'll leave it there for the Wildcats. Uh, really, really good in, in, uh, in depth and plenty of detail that we had to cover there. But let's go on to a different kind of round ball, uh, the proper round ball game. And of course, I'm talking about the Perth Glory. Okay, so now, as was touched on and brought to light in last week's episode, it was confirmed days later. That's right, that banter breaking the news first uh, that the team will actually be forced to take their first six home games, sorry, their first six games of the season on the road, and they'll have to play 10 of their 13 games at the 4,500 to 5,000 capacity Macedonia Park in Balcata slash Sterling. They will play their last three games at HBF Park in regards to the, their last three home games. Um, just on Macedonia Park quickly, there'll be two, two new stands built 
uh, one, which will be the shed. Uh, there'll be some improved lighting installed with a big screen. Uh, there'll be a new playing service, new playing surface or pitch renovation, and additional parking included. So a lot to do to make that uh, obviously, you know, come to come to fruition, and for them to have you know a, a pitch that's up to A League standard and ready to go. But uh, decisions been made. They're playing at Macedonia Park for um, ten of their thirteen home games. But hey, um, all they can do is move on now. Uh, at least they're not having to play home games in adverted quotation marks. Uh, away even though the venues would probably be better so at least they're still at home and teams have to travel to Perth. Uh, that bill for all those works is expected to be paid by the state government but they will uh, Perth Glory are still going to be seeking compensation for the lost gate taking lost gate takings that they would have had um, of course if they were at HBF Park. Uh, once again on off-pitch matters before we head to the pitch uh, the Glory's new playing strip has officially been revealed uh, and that's going to be dropped on our socials uh, in in this post with the uh, with the episode. Uh, but then you may just sponsor in corporate advisory firm Evolution Capital. So welcome to you, Evolution Capital, to the Perth Glory. Good to have you on board and a major sponsor for the club. Now onto on pitch action to Sunday's Challenge Cup game. Uh, the Goldfields WA State men's team, uh, which was at Olympic Kingsway Sports Club, hosting. Uh, they ended up getting a 6-0 win with goals from Ben Azabel. He actually got two. And so did Adam Zimmerino. And singulars to Keegan Jelicic and Giordano Coley. Okay, so lovely 6-0 win. Again, you can only play who's in front of you. They have only played one A-League opposition. And even Coach Ruben Zakovic said that, that, um, you know, they've, they've got to put, put their outings into perspective. But they've got good practices. They've got, I think, four or five practice games that they played. Uh, one against an A-League team, and then the others against, you know, teams that, you know, challenge them in different ways. And as we sort of spoke about earlier, that nil-all draw against Central Coast Mariners was actually a pretty good result given um, the fact that um, they had big wins prior to that against other A-League opposition. So, yeah, I think they're actually sitting in not a bad spot. And they're sitting in not a bad spot because they're getting ready for their first home game, which will now be on December 10 up against Western United. So that's going to be a terrific test for them because Western United are no slouches and it's actually going to be, I think, a terrific uh, challenge for them right up uh, to see where they stand in the pecking order and to see what what uh, what all of Ruben Zatkovich's new additions uh, that he's done. He's been very, very busy over the offseason, of course, because he cleared out many players. Um, you know, Brant pretty much brand new coaching staff as well. So yeah, I'm, I'm really intrigued, but I'm also very excited. So I've got a, a little bit of bullish confidence in the glory as, as to what they may be able to deliver after just two horrific seasons being on the road for the most part and just being an absolute disarray, really, uh, let's be honest. So I uh, will leave it there from the Perth glory and uh, we'll be getting excited over the next couple of weeks when they play their first game. Sorry, um, Yes, that's right. Okay, so um, I'm pretty sure I said, uh, wait, did I say December? Oh, no, their first home game will now be on December 10 against Western United. So, of course, they will have to start the season uh, away, and then their first home game will be up against Western United. But, uh, again, a really, really good challenge when they do eventually come home. Uh, so, yeah. All right, now we're going to get on to uh, the Western Warriors. Oh, the Wacker. The Western Warriors women. Mooney, who scoops this one into the gap, will get two out of that. Didn't get all of it, so that'll be 150 for Beth Mooney. What an excellent innings. A history-making innings for Western Australia. Absolutely. Last ball. 
Well, it's a WA innings. Suckcliffe falling on the stumps and sliced out to backward point. Oh, wow, what a nice new stinger. And what, why wouldn't you have Beth Mooney right at the top of the stinger and being the key behind it? Because the uh, Western Warriors women who are playing in the WNCL, the Women's National Cricket League, uh, they had a drought-breaking victory on Friday at the Wacker, courtesy of Alana Kings, 5 for 12 from 8 overs in what was a middle-order collapse from the ACT Meteors, uh, going from 2 for 90 to 143 all out. So it was victory for the first time in 552 days after a winless campaign on the road last summer from the ladies. So they've, they were very, very excited to get that W, get the monkey off their back straight away. And in response to that 143 all out that they got them out for, Chloe Paro, she was the star with an unbeaten 75 off 95, including seven boundaries. And it was the partnership between Paparo and Maddie Carmichael, an unbroken third wicket partnership of 65 from 69, that saw them home with nearly 20 overs to spare. So great win um, for the Warriors women. And... Uh, they only had a couple of days break between their next game once again uh, against the ACT Meteors. It was an 117-run back-to-back win over the Meteors. They posted six for 297 from their 50 overs, on, and this is uh, mainly from Beth Mooney's 151 not out uh, of 140 balls, and she had 13 of those for fours. And just quietly, no WA batter has scored more runs in a WNCL inning. So she's now got that record, Beth Mooney. And also Chloe Paparo and Maddie Drake were chimed in cameos of 44 and 47, respectively. So well done, ladies. Terrific win there. Uh, from a bowling side of things, it was a team effort. And despite uh, the only the first wicket only falling at one for 80, after that they were so disciplined and they took them they took the remaining wickets nine for a hundred and also in the last five they got in five for thirty. So Alana King, she was once again back at it. She had three for excuse me, she had three for thirty one with an economy rate of three point one and Lily Mills had two for thirty with an economy rate of three. They were massive, but they also had four wicket takers across the match. And they now sit in a very, very good position. Uh, you know, starting starting the calendar year the way that they have with two pretty uh, pretty emphatic uh, wins against the ACT Meteors. Of course, both of those were at home, so they will be due to play away in the near future. In fact, let's just quickly find out. I'm uh, going to go to the reliable apps and find out where and when the next game is. Um, actually, if you haven't, please don't. Please have a look at Flash Score. Uh, gives you a. Uh, Gives you all your all your favourites of all your sports of all your teams, especially WA domestic sporting teams. So the next game is actually going to be on Friday the thirtieth. So this Friday uh, they'll play in New South Wales uh, from twelve pm. Uh, so yes, the Western Fury women, uh, great start. Just terrific. They are sitting top of the ladder with uh, two wins, of course, and ten points. They're equal with Queensland Fire. So in a just in a terrific position. Great way to uh, to get the ball rolling. I guess you'd probably call it that and say it there. But we're going to leave the Warriors women or the Western Fury women and have a look at the Warriors men and see how they started their cricket season. And WA after a long wait, 23 years of wait. Have won the Sheffield Shield, and that's what it means. With Sean Marsh, the veteran, in the middle of all of that, they've produced Australian player after Australian player. 
but this domestic season they are kings across all formats yeah well done western australia as you said adam they've been the best team in australia this year they've won all three trophies in the end that man there sean marsh has led wa to a drought breaking shield win well done aaron hardy I'm pretty sure they just uh, couldn't help but be inspired by the Western Fury because uh, the Warriors men, the Western Warriors, they got up, they had a terrific first up win against Victoria. They chased down two for 75 on the back of a restricting bowling effort of our AJ Tight, who had four for 54, and Joel Paris, who had two for 44, without one stage having the Victorians at five for 92 after 20 overs. But it was in the batting innings, it was all about Josh, Philly, Josh Phillippe's 100 from 96 was his second uh, second ton for WA in 50 over cricket as the team cruised to a victory with 14 balls to spare. Darcy Short also contributed as part of the 166-run first weekend stand that went a long way to giving them the victory, and the win was also without Jai Richardson uh, making his way um, onto the park, of course. So, yeah. Well done, lads. Uh, well done from a WA cricket perspective. The ladies got the chocolates two times in a row. And uh, the men, they backed it up as well with a great win against the Vicks. So, yeah, we'll see how you know see how the next couple of games unfold and how it all goes from there. And speaking of, let's look at, uh, let's look at the next fixtures to see where our Western Warriors men's team are going to be playing next. Just searching through the old Cricket Australia app. And it's actually not giving me much at all. So that's actually not helpful. Oh, here we go. All matches and all series. No, what we want is the Marsh One Day Cup. Thank you very much. And fixtures. So the 1st of October, which is Saturday, they're going to be playing the New South Wales men's team. Uh, so that's going to be at 10.05 Western Standard Time. It's going to be at the Wacker Ground. So fantastic that they were able to come back to the Wacker because they played it. Uh, I think it was, oh, they played in Victoria. Can't exactly remember the name of the venue, so I'll leave it, not, leave it, not try to butcher it. Uh, but then after that, I'm pretty sure they do play a Marsh-Sheffield Shield game against New South Wales too. In fact, that's what they do. So on the 1st of October, they'll play the one day, one day, and then after that, they'll play a Sheffield Shield game or a Marsh-Sheffield Marsh Shield game from the 3rd to the 6th of October. So busy, busy, all systems go. Cricket is back in fashion, uh, of course, with the lovely, stunning spring days that we've got, and some will be here in no time. But from a Western Warriors perspective, we're out, and now we're going to just quickly touch on the Western Force. Stowers, Stowers giving it the Ralston, and Ralston will score the first try. Runs it to the line, almost intercepted. And it is play on, and Brocky gets oh, it really to short McGregor. sharp here. Uh, Jack 2023 fixtures for Western Force have Western dropped, Force. and they're going to be on our socials. And um, they'll kick off their Super Rugby Pacific season against rivals Melbourne Rebels on February 25 at HBF Park. They will actually be playing six home games this season, missing out on the seventh as they play Queensland in Melbourne in the Super Round. So the Super Round is very similar to the Magic Round, where all teams will play uh, in in the one state. Obviously, this time it's going to be in Melbourne. So yeah, unfortunately, they'll miss out on that seventh home game. And their toughest stretch is a run of three games uh, in New Zealand up against the Highlanders the Blues and the Hurricanes before they have a bye. But uh, you can check and look at all of those fixtures and, uh, you know, 
have your own kind of predictions and how you think the season is going to pan out and how you and how and where you think we're going to finish based on your your predictions of course of all of your you know sporting knowledge of the super 15 rugby pacific competition but from a western force perspective we're out for now and that's it we're done we're officially out and i tell you what it was busy things are heating up we've got games being played so the western warriors are the men's team both for marsh sheffield shield and marsh one day cup they're all um they've started their seasons as have the western fury and the wncl and the perth glory and the perth wildcats they are not too far away from hitting the court and the pitch respectively but that's it season two episode four 54 the wa domestic sports weekly wrap is done and dusted if you haven't already do not forget to like subscribe leave a rating and leave a review on your favorite podcasting platform be it apple Podcasts or spotify you can like us on facebook and you can follow us on instagram whether you're listening in the morning the afternoon or the evening it's been an absolute privilege to have you on board and we'll be once again next week checking in with all of our teams on the wa domestic sporting scene but from yours truly adam back i'm out and everyone else here about manta but now...